Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2011, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. State and local governments set to tax churches and nonprofits. Churches and nonprofit organizations in the United States have always been exempt from taxes, but this may change very soon as cities across the nation are looking for more ways to feed growing government by applying new ways to tax. Houston, Texas is the site of a hot debate over what the city calls a drainage fee. Drainage runoff is part of radical environmentalism's way to gain more regulatory control over city and county citizens. David Welch of the Houston Area Pastors Council says, quote, This is really a tax. It is the first time that churches would not be exempt from property taxes. Houston, feeling the pressure of the EPA's contrived fines that reach into the millions of dollars, continues the wrong by seeking complex ways to pass on the dubious fines by going after churches. Tim Delaney, chief executive of the National Council for Nonprofits, stated, quote, Governments are taking their public burdens and putting them on the backs of nonprofits at a time when the demand for our services is skyrocketing. Though for years people have ignored issues such as these, believing the impact to be minimal or simply being too busy with all the things of life, residents of these cities are having success in defeating these new taxes through lawsuits, through the vote, and other protests. Even the federal government itself has refused to pay the drainage fees. Our Lady said on February 25, 1992, Dear children, today I invite you to draw still closer to God through prayer. Only that way will I be able to help you and to protect you from every attack of Satan. I am with you, and I intercede for you with God, that he protect you. But I need your prayers and your yes. You get lost easily in material and human things, and forget that God is your greatest friend. Therefore, my dear little children, draw close to God, so he may protect you and guard you, from every evil. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti returns to United States. Caritas of Birmingham celebrates Silver Jubilee Anniversary. Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti 
will be returning to the United States for five days of prayer at Caritas of Birmingham, the largest Medjugorje center in the world. This visit marks Maria's 15th stay at Caritas, which has already been the site of more than 160 apparitions of the Virgin Mary to Maria. Maria will be at Caritas of Birmingham for five days of prayer during March 19th through the 23rd. Hotels are already booking. One employee of a local hotel stated she has been taking reservations from all over the United States and even several from foreign countries. Because the setting for the apparitions of Our Lady is open to everyone, Maria's past visits have drawn thousands of pilgrims from all 50 states, Canada, Mexico, England, and other countries. This latest visit of Maria comes during the 25th anniversary of Caritas's founding, a Silver Jubilee anniversary. Caritas of Birmingham has grown substantially in both physical structure and output over the last 25 years, with the past few years in particular seeing rather exponential leaps with the launch of its website, Medjugorje.com, the start of radio wave radio programs, an extensive billboard campaign, the release of major books, and other far-reaching projects to spread Our Lady's messages across the globe. Such an anniversary is a joyful time for the mission. Maria's visit lands in the midst of spring, a time of rebirth and renewal. Caritas's publications invite all to prepare for these apparitions with special prayers and sacrifices, and state that such preparation is based in the following message from Our Lady. October 25th, 2000. Dear children, today I desire to open my motherly heart to you and to call you all to pray for my intentions. I desire to renew prayer with you and to call you to fast, which I desire to offer to my son Jesus for the coming of a new time, a time of spring. In this jubilee year, many hearts have opened to me and the church is being renewed in the spirit. I rejoice with you, and I thank God for this gift. And you, little children, I call you to pray, 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 until prayer becomes a joy for you. Thank you for having responded to my call. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. Man waited. History divided. He lived his life quietly, under the protection of his mother and father. He was destined to be the rise and fall of many. So sweet was the peace that was in his family that he would long for its love when later he was immersed in the cup of hatred. The Christmas celebration has not ended. In Europe, the Feast of the Three Kings is celebrated in January and nativities remain well into the month. Why does the celebration not continue? With the birth of Jesus came a second morning, a third beautiful morning for all the earth. All creation was blessed. Holiness walked the earth. The little infant in the arms of his mother was the center of history. O oh Mary, tell us what it was like. 
O little Jesus, come into our family. Bring us your peace. Touch our hearts. Fill them with your love. O infant Jesus, we wish you into every family. The birth of Jesus encourages us to live a profound spiritual life in simplicity, so that in prayer we can build up a new world of peace through the family. Today is the time, unlike any in history. Purify your hearts and your homes. Discard every obstacle to holiness that's in your home. Surround yourself with reminders of God. Lead your family to holiness through prayer and by changing your surroundings. Come to the resting place. It is our desire for you to begin to experience profound peace, a peace that the world cannot give. The Resting Place at Caritas of Birmingham. Closed 10 to 11 for prayer. And you're invited. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight a friend of Medjugorje will be uh, speaking to us uh, particularly about the messages that we received on the uh, 1st and on the 2nd of January. Uh, on the 1st of uh, January, we re- uh, Yvonne received the message. Uh, Yvonne, one of the six visionaries of Medjugorje, received the message on Apparition Mountain. And again, on the 2nd, uh, Mariana uh, received the message from Our Lady uh, as the day that uh, Our Lady designated as a day of prayer for nonbelievers. And so tonight, as we begin this broadcast, we ask uh, that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, we have this commercial just played was a piece of work that took a lot of contemplation to write years ago. And it's really of a teaching of the message. We actually had a Protestant radio station, being that we're only 2% Catholic in our area, that we wrote, I wrote several commercials like this, probably 10 or 15 maybe, for a six-month period that we can get on their program. And we eventually started off with not mentioning Our Lady at all, but by the time we were finished, within six months, we were mentioning straight apparitions of the Virgin Mary. And um, But there's so much truth in that, and this correlates with the message Our Lady gave today of about family. And it just amazes me that we are in this season, and Europe's not this way. Europe, basically, and, and there are a lot of godlessness over there in different European countries, and and uh, they're in trouble like everybody else, but they, they continue in a more stronger way the, the continuance of Christmas. We go at one point to December 25th and change to spring sales the very next day. So who's leading Christmas and dictating it to us except the culture and the consumerism? So the message given yesterday Mariana's what I was referring to, actually, was, uh, of course, about family. But we abort Jesus, and it's, it's strange to even see a nativity out now. And I've already seen some Christmas decorations just completely, in their completeness, taken down the next day after Christmas. And Christmas began Christmas Day, not preceding that. But everything's built on the premise of that day and then after it is over. And so we've let our holy season be hijacked by the secularism and it's causing us just to follow that. 
And so it's important to keep, we still got the nativity in the field here. And we'll continue that. And we don't see this anywhere in the United States hardly. Yes, the churches talk about it, but already we're closing the Christmas season down. But as I said, in Medjugorje, it goes all the way almost into 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 January. They keep the nativities up. And you really feel Christmas. I said, I think maybe it was on the Medjugorje show the other day, or maybe it was the 25th, that about the priest who left, uh, he was speaking of Medjugorje, and he left, uh, or whether he went to Midnight Mass in Ireland, and he comes home, everybody's putting up their lights on Christmas Eve night. And that's when Christmas started. So we vowed this thing to reverse, and it's just a parallel of everything else spiritual that we have allowed to be taken over and dominated in the way we follow, rather than in the way we should be leading. And so it is Our Lady comes for us to teach us these things. Uh, the Major Information Network is not about giving you news. That wasn't conceptualized into being and made into a, a part of the second of things uh, that is just an item we just throw in there for your convenience that you learn something. It's to teach you to template the message over every subject. And, of course, it was in there. Our Lady gave a message at the end of the one about the taxes. And people say, well, you know, that's good to Caesar what Caesar's true. But this is not about paying taxes. It's about an attack on the church. You cross this line, what will they be doing to the churches next year? And Our Lady mentioned, and a message was quoted to template over that, about the attacks when Satan attacks you. You know, and don't be absorbed in materialism. I mean, they're taxing people per person, per pew in places right now. They've never done that before. And don't think it stops there. Once they cross the sacred line, and the sacred line is this, then you start regulating. You start doing. I know I was someplace out of town, and I went, to, we were trying to find a Catholic church, and we got directions, and it was unbelievable. The zoning had zoned all the churches in one locale. It's not the center of the community. It's a zoned church area. And you had every pick you wanted to, from the Lutherans, the Baptists, the Methodists, Presbyterians, the Catholics. And it, it just kept on going. There was probably 12 or 13 churches. I could not believe. I've never seen anything like that. But because I've looked at this zoning, the comprehensive plannings, the sustainable developments, who's behind it, which is the United Nations, and what they're trying to do, and it's about control, and it's the environmental movement, and this thing, of course, on the taxes we were just using on Measure Information Network was about drainage fees. All this is envi- radical environmentalism, and it's really about control. So they put all these churches in this one area underneath the good issues. Well, we got to zone this, so we want the churches here. The churches need to be the heart of the neighborhood. They need to be in the community. I spoke years ago in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Walked down the street, the Italian church was on the corner. Walked one more block on another corner. The Irish church was there. Walked another block down another corner. It was the Germans. And then walked a little bit further. There was another church. I don't even remember what it was. Four Catholic churches. with Not not four blocks away. I'm talking about on each corner. Because the heart of the community the church was, and there wasn't zoned that way. People lived around that. You know, it's probably it's two blocks, three square blocks area. And so... We had it at the center of the neighborhood. Now you got to get in your car and go 30, 45 minutes to the zone area you can go to church. It's not part of your life. It's not part of your culture. It's something you attend once a week. And so we have been falling into this by following rather than leading. And so Our Lady comes to do something with us. And she wants us to be cognizant of what we are not aware of. 
she's teaching us to acknowledge through these messages that we need to learn truth because we don't know truth. And if you say, well, I know truth, then why'd she come yesterday and say that you need to learn what truth is? I want you to wear it, become aware of this. So before going too far in the message, Joan, why don't you read us the message of Mariana's yesterday for all of us who are part of the non-believing crowd who still need to learn them belief in us and become cognizant of that. Our Lady of Medjugorje's January 2nd, 2011 message on the day for non-believers. Dear children, today I call you to unity in Jesus, my son. My motherly heart prays that you may comprehend that you are God's family. Through the spiritual freedom of will, which the Heavenly Father has given you, you are called to become cognizant of the truth, the good or the evil. May prayer and fasting open your hearts and help you to discover the Heavenly Father through my Son. In discovering the Father, your life will be directed to carrying out of God's will and the realization of God's family in the way that my Son desires. I will not leave you alone on this path. Thank you. Mariana felt that she could say to Our Lady, We have all come to you with our sufferings and crosses. Help us, we implore you. Our Lady extended her hands towards us and said, Open your hearts to me. Give your sufferings to me. The Mother will help. And this is what Our Lady is trying to get us to do. Just stand up. She wants us to light the fire. She wants us to lift off the darkness. How are we going to do that? And that's what our messages are on the impulse to do, to be cognizant of truth, the good and the evil. You're called to that, she says. You're called to truth. You're called to become aware of the truth. And once that happens, what are you supposed to do? It's time to change things. And change is coming. And there's a lot of good things happening. Our lady is rising up, people. She said in Yvonne's message, which we'll read in a few minutes, that she thanked us for having responded, for living the messages showing that there are people living the messages, and we're not there yet. And sometimes she comes up with a whammy message that says, you know, you're weak and you're not humble, like she did a few months back, to, to check us, to don't, not, not to be comfortable. We've grown too comfortable, and we don't stand up. And the youth, she says, she wishes all the, all the boys and girls, the youth to stand up. If we don't, we'll be annihilated. And it starts with something like this, what we did on Measure Information Network, about the churches being taxed. Should we give the Caesar what is Caesar? Certainly. But this is not about that. This is about the encroachment on regulating what we can do and later and how they can sit there and say, we don't like what you're preaching. Don't you see what's coming? Darkness. So our, our lady's not coming for these 30 years now to prepare us for everything to be comfortable She's showing us how to stay close to God and in the family of God when things aren't like it should be. And so it's going to take us crying out as the lonely people to God to bring about this change. But that change is going to come through us, her extended hands.
your power, your strength comes from living our lives messages. They can only be convicting and powerful and annihilate all untruth in front of you if you live it. Our lady said today, pray and fast. Open your hearts and help you to discover the Heavenly Father through my Son. There's nothing can stop you from changing the culture. There's nothing can stop you from taking over it. Especially the youth. But not only the youth, if you're 70 or 80. All this applies to you. Our lady's asking us to do this. She's been coaching us. She's been propping us up. She's been behind us, pushing us. And yet she says, when we start feeling it's too oppressive, she says, I don't want to compel you to be saints by force. So she wants us through the spiritual freedom of will to choose the Heavenly Father. 
She says, through the spiritual freedom of will, which the Heavenly Father has given you, you are called to be cognizant of the truth. It's not a decision that you're not, you can reject. You have to decide to be cognizant of the truth or either reject that. We're no more in no man's land. You could be uh, the last several decades in the middle. But Revelation is taking place before us right now. And, and Jesus says in Revelations that you yes be yes. Be hot or cold. Don't be in the middle. I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'll vomit you out. God has no respect for the one who chooses evil than he does you Christians and those people who are mediocre in their living the Christianity. Salt sprinkled flavors the whole food. Or they said to be salt of the earth. Would it change the food? Can you imagine a little bit of salt on dressing? Or for the northern family up north, uh, stuffing. You just put a pinch of salt and it changes the whole flavor of the whole food. We can be individual grains of salt over the whole culture and change it by standing up, speaking our peace by conviction, by praying, by fasting, by living the messages. That's how the society would change. And it's going to change. And we're not talking about a political agenda. We're not talking about some parties out there, the Republicans, the Democrats, or whatever it want to be. I mean, if anything, the Democrats, we know who they are. They're to be respected. We know what they talk about. The Republicans are in the middle. Jesus spews that kind of mentality out of his mouth. They're not yes or no. So both are, both are wronged. We have to stand up for what is the right thing for the culture. And it's the principles of Jesus Christ. That's what would change things. And until we stand up, until we live the way we're supposed to be, we can't stand up at all. And before you stand up, you've got to be on your knees. And if you don't go on your knees, you'll never be able to stand. And so we have a situation today exists where we're in untruth. Our lady is impelled enough where she comes and says, become cognizant of the truth, the good and the evil. May prayer and fasting open your heart and help you discover the Heavenly Father through my Son. In discovering the Father, you'll be directed to carrying out God's will and the realization of God's family. First time she's ever said this. She's never used that phrase before. God's family. Who is God's family? Well, God is the Father. Who's the spouse of the Holy Spirit? God's the first person in the Trinity. The Holy Spirit's the third person in the Holy Trinity. Who's the spouse of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Virgin Mary. The Holy Spirit conceived in Mary. And in her was conceived the Son. So you got God, the first person. Jesus, the second person. The Holy Spirit and spouse to Mary. And Jesus is our brother. So if God's our father, Jesus is our brother, Mary's our mother. We're in the family of God. Do you behave that way? If you don't behave that way, then you choose evil. So this, Ali's messages come across so positive so often that they actually are, can be deceptive. We can just, and people run around, oh, Ali just loves and loves and loves. That's all she talks about. And Oh, she's so sweet. Yeah, but she can't say what I can say to you. What can I can say to you? Because it can take 40, 50 years before what I say can be proven true. And what she does is say it so loosely because that you'd reject her. She don't want you to reject her. I go pointed to what different things mean. And I can write about this message, which I did this morning. Or was it yesterday? It's a blur. 
two messages yesterday, and and today I'm saying something completely different about it. And the next day I can write a whole other article about it, applying the template over education as I did uh, Yvonne's message, over um, Mariana's over another subject. And so you can reject that. And it may take decades for some of this to be proven out. But Our Lady gives these things so loose, so you won't reject her. But also it's a misnomer that people seem to think, oh, it's so so soft. She's not, she's not requiring anything of us. She's not putting any demands upon us. You do not understand the message if that's what you think. Through the spiritual freedom and will which the Heavenly Father has given you, you are called to be cognizant of truth. Truth will get you killed. Truth will get you slandered. Truth will get you oppressed, persecuted. She doesn't say all that, but I tell you it's there. And we're living testimonies to that, and if you stood for truth, you will be too. The good are the evil, she says. But see, we focus on our message because it's so positive. It comes across that way, and that's beautiful, and that's the way our lady gives it. May prayer and fasting open your heart. And that requires us, when she asks us to pray and fasting, is to break our routine, break our daily routine. We become too comfortable, and it's a natural human trait of all of us to go through our day, and the day will be the same as yesterday, and tomorrow will be the same, and we try to make in those days as they come a comfort. What, what's been difficult, we work to get that out of our life and to become more comfortable. It's just a natural thing we do in our human tendencies. But we seek... Uh, Tomorrow, a better better than today. And this comfort can actually take on the obscuring of God. It, it puts us in a position of settling in in the world. When we settle in and we start using these comforts and we go toward this way of life, is not necessarily what a lady is trying to get us to do because we fall in a routine. And as we fall in this routine and we have this comfort, we have a cup of coffee, we like this, we like this coffee mug, we like... Um, to, do it this way. Uh, I mean, well, you fall into this. The Amish said that they, they plow their fields so perfectly straight that they start feeling proud of how, how straight they are. You know, and everything can fall into that. When we go to the field in the, in the mornings and it's cold and it's 23 degrees or whatever, everybody's got their habits. I got my habit. I go in and lay my blanket in a certain way. I get on it. I take my shoes off, wrap my blanket. Around. You know, you, you grow in this comfort. The tendency is to make it as most comfortable as you can sitting out there in that hour in the cold wind. And what what Ali wants us to break this daily routine. May prayer and fasting open your heart. You have to break those things that, that you get used to. And if you're praying and you're fasting, you'll, you'll always have the strength to do that, to stand up against your own self even. That what you seek is not always the best for you. And we have to have austerity in our life. And... And if you, if you have a heater in your bathroom, don't turn it on. Be cold. Choose these things on your own so you can stay in tune with God and not rely on your comforts as your God without even realizing it, but rely on God that He sustains you and He gives you these things. Once you comprehend this, then you'll become more cognizant of the truth. And you'll choose to be in the family of God. And God's family, let me tell you, DHR is what we call child abuse. They would have been on Mary and Joseph down in the nativity. You mean you got this baby you're having down here with these animals? Uh, you, you're not so responsible as parents that you lost them for three days? 
you know, and no, no tell what we don't know about what they did. And so this is God the Father making this situation, this beautiful love story. The royalty of Jesus, the king, comes and lays in a manger. And so we are always seeking to comfort ourselves as we get older even. We want to make things so easy. But it's dangerous for us. And our ladies come and say, live more austere. It doesn't matter what wealth you have or what comforts you got. Try to try to be not following that routine because it can become God itself for you. You have to break that daily routine. Not settle into the world, settle in with God's family. How is God's family treated? Look at that. Recollect on that. Cognizant is a big word in this. Our ladies only use it one other time. She said on March 18, 2003, listen to my messages with the heart that you may become cognizant of what you are to do and how you find the way of life. And she says the way of life, which is the way of eternity, the way of heavenly life, of course, and the way of life here on this life, on earth. And the day is related, the word cognizant, to the same thing, good or evil, because the way of life is, of course, eternal bliss, but also it's about eternity. So it's strange she connects this, used it on time, two times, with, with eternity. And so Our Lady tells us to be ready. She's teaching us everything about life, everything to, to condition us to walk with her. And today she uses, uh, or rather yesterday, I keep saying today, yesterday about the, the, the family of God. And we see that to be in the family of God means to sometimes be separate from our own family. You can't follow their way and our way. I know we've separated ourselves in many ways of the culture. Years ago, our kids stood up. Just like this song was saying, stand up. Let your voice be heard. We were doing some construction. A cement worker had come down here and started talking about to four or five of our kids. They're surrounded there, probably around 10 years of age at that time. He started talking about what was on TV the night before. And they said, well, we don't watch TV. And he started being critical of us as parents taking the TV away from the kids. And they responded back and defended everything. And he kept, he kept promoting what was said the night before on television. They, they said they don't want to hear it. So says, you watch life, we live it. Well, they didn't come to me about this. He came to me about it a couple hours later. In deep admiration that these kids were holding the ground. They stood up, 10-year-olds. And we have adults that won't even do that. So we're not ready. And so... Families now are being separated because if they belong to the family of God and the others aren't, this distance, the spiritual distance, is something that is a result of not accepting, the, not accepting what God has to offer to us today, not accepting the messages. So our lady has told us to be ready. She's told us and asked us to be there because there will be coming a time. That song we're about to play is something not necessary. Uh, perfectly correct in is what we would see as, as Catholics, but uh, it still has a message in it of, of, of our readiness of our ladies coming with three admonitions. Are we ready for that? She literally said, be ready. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we? Are we moving toward that? And we'll be ready for when our lady comes to change radically the way we live. 
Life was filled with guns and war And all of us got trampled on the floor I wish we'd all been ready The children died, the days grew cold A piece of bread, goodbye a bag of gold Change your mind The sun has come And you've been left behind A man and wife asleep in bed She hears a noise And turns her head He's gone I wish we'd all been ready Two men walking up a hill, one disappears, and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. Oh, yeah. Father spoke, the demons dying. How could you have been so blind? There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. No. There's no time to change your mind The sun has come and you've been left behind I hope we'll all be You've been left behind I hope we'll all be You've been left behind I hope we'll all be You've been left behind The father spoke, the demons dined. Our lady's speaking, and we're all going out to dinner. They ate and drank right up to the day of judgment. In 1981, the Virgin Mary began appearing in a village in the former Yugoslavia called Medjugorje. The Virgin came because she said the world was in need of healing, of faith in God. She called herself the Queen of Peace. Every day since 1981, the Virgin Mary of Medjugorje has appeared to give a blessing for the world. Join us for a momentous event March 19th through the 23rd, 2011. Be in the presence of five apparitions of the Holy Virgin Mary 
the Queen of Peace when she appears to Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti at Caritas, Alabama. Entrust yourself, your family, and your life to God through the Virgin Mary. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000, USA, or visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, March 19th through the 23rd, Apparitions of the Virgin Mary at Caritas, Alabama. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. One question about the message that Our Lady gave yesterday <clears throat> has to do with uh, this the last sentence that you were speaking about where you um, spoke about the, um, the family of God. But uh, later on, Our Lady says, uh, your life will be directed to carrying out of God's will and the realization of God's family and the way that my son desires. That's a... What does Our Lady mean by that, by saying the realization of God's family in the way that my son desires as if there's another way that Jesus wouldn't desire? Well, we are to be, we are to understand we're sustained by our father. The father in the family sustains the family. He's the provider. And, of course, we've got a real strong stress that Our Lady's given to us every Thursday to read Matthew 6, which is about seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be given to you besides. Who does that come from? From the Father. We've forgotten that. We've forgotten it both in the family and uh, and as God the Father. And so the realization of what God's family will be is why he sends a woman to the world. What is lacking in the world, what's lacking in culture, what's lacking in the ability for culture to, to be elevated toward God's family is, is motherhood. Yes, it's all on the woman. Carte Blanche, that's where it is. She who rocks the cradle rules the world. It's Our Lady who said that we must get, uh, she wants parents to give parental advice. And this advice should be motherly. Did you hear that? That's her words, not mine. We become a female driven society, and we're spinning out of control. We are a male-dominated society. God made it that way. And we understand the beauty of that and that the woman can be underneath the arm of the man, which where the web was taken from. She's protected. When she moves out from underneath his arm and she's going to be in contest with him in the workforce and everything, it's not about skill. It's not about talent. I know a, a, a woman can fly an F-15 fighter jet just as well as a man. It's not about that. It's not about she can go to university or she can sit on board of directors. That's not what it's about. We know that's that's happened. You, you you think God can put that kind of finesse into a man? She's the one that's got to nurture the child. She's got the one that's got to give love. She's the one that's got to be able to soothe things and take take the 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 man and the beast in him and and make him into a gentleman from being a gentle boy. Gentlemen come from gentle boys, from a woman. You say, well, what about a man's abusive? Well, a woman raised him, or she didn't raise him, or she abandoned him. So God sends the best of all. He, he scans heaven. Okay, who can I send? Elijah? No, he'd probably be slaying all of us. 
John the Baptist would have us eating crickets and locusts and whatever. Archangel Michael be having us all with swords. He sends the woman, the woman of revelations, to do battle with the dragon. And what's lacking, all you got to do is see in society, look on a billboard. Every woman looks like she should be on the street. They dress like this. They're immodest. They pay more attention. I, I happen to be a Jewish the other day. I was just watching the women in there. The, the, and, and I could see every one of them. It looked like Eve in the garden. They picked those things up and all those trinkets. They looked at them. They looked in the mirror. It's all about beauty. Nothing about beauty of the heart anymore. We are a female-driven society. That's our problem. If you've got a problem with that, so be it. I don't back down. Men aren't men no more. They're scared to say it. They won't say it. And until men start being men again, and that comes through the woman, we're never going to change. And so you look at our lady's messages. You want me to give you another one? She said, today, that was a December 19th, I think the date was. She was saying, I'm going to bless all the mothers on Christmas Day. And Jesus will bless the rest. Well, that's kind of discriminating, isn't it? What about me and all the boys and little girls? Why mothers get picked out? Because they're the one need it. They're sick. Yes, I said that. Womanhood is sick. Motherhood is very, very sick. Right before I, uh, I got changed my business, or I was in business and running Caritas, I had a woman who was managing a hotel. I was doing some of the work at the hotel for them on the grounds. I'd been working there for a while. She'd been pregnant. She had a baby. Within one week, she was back at work. She's sick. She's sick because she's seeking the dollar. Prestige, her career. Oh, they got finesse. Women have this kind. God put those qualities in them because that's what it takes to run a household. Manage children. Manage that. Help the husband. Yes, help the husband. She's the, help, she's the husband's helpmate. That's what she was made for. But she's also made, when he was down, had difficult times, that he would feel God's love through her. And so it is, we have the woman to come and show us. Can you imagine Guadalupe, our lady dresses in a Mexican dress. She comes royally in La Salette. She comes in her mountain veil in Fatima and Lourdes. And she comes to the swinging 80s in that antiquated old dress, old ancient dress. And, and you know what else she did? At her waist, she had her veil move over the side, and you could see her hair at her waist. Now, what in the world has that got to say to us here in this time? The Scripture says a woman's hair will adorn her. Think about these things. Recollect. Become cognizant of what our lady's doing. Why is she doing this? Why would she let her hair be seen when only you see a little bit around her veil right there at her waist? It doesn't make any sense. Except that's the message. Women quit trying to be like boys. Realize who you are, and when your hair turns gray, you'll be rich instead of the tears and the sufferings and the regrets and the bitterness of what you didn't do. You've got to build family. You've got to build your way of life. It doesn't just happen. And this culture and this society has given a bad meal ticket to women. There's more abuse than ever. There's more difficult times for them. And it's not going to change until we see who we are. I heard a preacher a while back. It was incredible that they are doing studies on uh, baby boys and baby girls. The differences in them was unbelievable. Google it. Look this up. In fact, we should do a show on it. It is so radical 
how a woman is made and how a boy is made and the way they think. And yet the culture keeps telling us to be the same. You can do everything each other can do. It's not true. Oh, you can do it. You can do that. And we'll be like we are now. That's why we're falling apart. Our father is made by the mother. He don't have to. He could be a garbage truck driver. He may not be making a lot of money. He, he may not be the best father, but, but those children are raised to respect him and, and believe in him. They would think their father's the, 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 the president. The image of the father is made by the mother and her treatment of him. And so that's why our lady keeps coming back about the father. Helped you to discover the heavenly father through my son. In discovering the Father, your life will be directed to carrying out, the God, carrying out of God's will and the realization of God's family. God the Father is a family. The Father in the home is not somebody to be on the sitcoms made fun of and mocked. There's no, there's no man no more. He's been feminized. He's wearing earrings. Can you believe that? And who introduced that? Do you, even, do you even know its origins? Are you going to follow that? Where is manhood? It's been lost because we've lost motherhood. And now we have kids can't communicate to the father because they can't relate to it. They become feminized. And there's a lot of regrets in that. A lot of things you can say to your father now, loud and clear, you can't say. Because the mom's made such a bad image and he's not to be listened to. He's stupid. And he don't know about that. It, he don't have to. He's the father. He's the representative father. And it's proven that the more respected that the father is, the greater the belief in God the father the children have. And that comes to the mother. The mother forms her children. She's the one who gets on the knees. She's the one who gets in to pray. He enforces that. She, he's not there all day. He's supposed to be out working. That doesn't mean she doesn't work. That doesn't mean she doesn't keep house. She can't earn, earn her keep through, through that means. But we've lost so much truth of this, we don't even know it anymore. If you want to grasp a little of that, get whose opinion is right and the painful truth. Because I'm giving you painful truth. That's a book I wrote years ago. Follow that with how to change your husband. People say, well, how can you ever read how to change your wife? Because if you read how to change your husband and you do that, you change your wife. Everything will work. You change your children, you change your wife, you get everything back. What's that country song? Have we got that? Can you pull it? Uh, what, what happens when we play country song back, backwards? You, you get your wife back, you get your truck back, you get everything back. So, you know, because in country songs, you're losing everything. And we're losing everything now. And so we've got to realize... A serious tone with this is that we have a, a, a death of fatherhood and it's paralleled in the fruitation of the death of God the Father in the family. You kill. The woman is killed often, the father. You say, well, my husband does this. He was raised by a woman or wasn't raised by a woman who abandoned him. Things will change when women get back on base because men will follow. He leads, but in turn, he really follows in, in, in a certain reality of that, how that works. So while the 11 years go on, think about this. What does your father 
hold to you is in heaven. How you've been crippled to your earthly father. What you've done as a wife to your, to your husband. How important that. You need to say things loud and clear while you have time.
the end of the show and I just wanted to share a little story that happened today Uh, I was in my office and I was typing up the lyrics to some of these songs and we're coming to the last song of the show and two little four year old girls came walking into my office looking for a snack like they do often do at the uh, afternoon time and one of the little girls name is Faith and the other is Angela and this last song was playing as I was typing the lyrics up And they were just patiently waiting for me to finish. And I turned to them and I said, do you know what this song is saying? Because they were really listening to the lyrics. And uh, they look at me and they shake their heads no. And and I said, well, if you listen real carefully, the song is saying that anybody can change the world. I said, do you believe that, that anybody can change the world? And, of course, they start shaking their heads yes, because somebody, an adult's telling them that they can. And, uh, and a, a memory came to me right at that moment. And I said, I'm going to prove that to you. I want you to come with me. And we walked down the hallway to a friend of Medjugorje's office. And I brought Faith over to the uh, to wall. And there's a picture hanging on the wall of an angel that had been drawn and colored by a little boy long ago uh, who happened to be the third son of a friend of Medjugorje, Tony. And Faith happens to be his four-year-old daughter. And on this picture, there are, there's a sentence, a sentence that Tony had said to his dad when he was four years old. And that sentence said, Dad, one glory be can change the whole world. And I actually remember when this happened, um, Tony had been playing outside as a four-year-old little boy, came running into his, office, his dad's office one afternoon, announced that profound statement and turned around and ran right out the door again. And a friend of Medjugorje came out to the computer room and said, did you, do you know what he just told me? And he said, one glory be can change the whole world. So this little story made it into the Novena booklet that a friend of Medjugorje wrote starting back in like 1992 or so that we've, printed and sent out to thousands and thousands of people over the years. And everybody reads this story, as we do in the community every year. And Faith, being four years old, who she just had her birthday two days ago, and I said, this is a four-year-old just like you, is your daddy, that, and through that one little statement, he changed the whole world. 
I said, that's what this song means. And um, so it was just a, a beautiful moment to kind of see the full circle of this. But I'm going to turn this back over to a friend of Medjugorje for the rest of it. Well, that's, that's things. Well, it is change. And, it's, and what we're talking about, husband and wives, we face little sister Victoria's almost two years old. She decides that she's not going to apologize for being ugly to one of the adults here. And you come to this point sometimes at two years of age where you're going to let them cross the line. They're going to make you do what you want them to do. And we won't do that. The children, we, don't want, to, we want to bend the wheel, but we don't want to break the wheel. Victoria decides she wasn't going to say no. And every time she brought up to uh, the adult, she would say she'd be crying because she'd already gotten a spanking for not doing it after about 30 minutes. And she'd get up there and, and say, say sorry. And she'd say no. She knew exactly what she was doing at almost two years old. This went on for an hour, went on for two hours. She got so tired she went to sleep. She slept for an hour and a half, two hours. And then she started right after that, as adults, we weren't going to let her get away with it. Because she was wanting to dictate to us, and we don't allow that community, what she was going to do. By then, she was wearing the adults out. And she'd cry and scream, and then she'd go back, carry it over there to the adult, Marissa, and say, say you're sorry. And she'd just stop crying like that and beside herself in tears and say no. This went on. I brought her over there. Other adults grabbed her. We had, we had actually people start getting on their knees doing the rosary because we were ready to go home. This is 9 o'clock. We were going to leave with this two-year-old dictating to us what she was and wasn't going to do. Her mom had done it repeatedly, come over there constantly, and over and over and over. She was going to get her way. She knew exactly what she was doing. Well, dad's out. He finally comes in. And here, what we just talked about, female-driven society and how we run our family and our marriages and how to change your husband. Dad walks in, picks up Victoria, and walks over to Marissa and says, say you're sorry. She says, sorry. Just like that. Why? Why did it take 15 adults seven, eight people in the auditorium on their knees praying a rosary that God get her, change her little strength there and let's go home. And she was bragging about it on the way home. I said, sorry to Marissa. <laughs> Next day she woke up. I said, sorry to Marissa. No big deal. She knew exactly what she was going to do. The point I bring this up is because what changed the situation? Because the wives here, when the husband asks to do something, they do it, and they don't start questioning them. Well, I don't want to do this. This is what I plan to do. And they've got the ability and the wisdom to sit there and suggest to their husband, this is what I think we should do. I think this is good. Can we do this? What do you think? He said, well, that's a good idea. We'll do it. But he thinks it's not a good idea. He said, no. And the way she gives away that, it's okay. And so she knew that when she hit the last buckhead was dad because the mom had been teaching this for years. And it was just that simple. Moms, do you realize the power you have? Now's the time to change. People are going to call you a fool. People are going to say, this is stupid. This is not the way it is. My husband ain't going to tell me what to do. Then you're not going to tell your kids what to do. If you make him the enforcer, all you got to say, when your dad gets home, he's going to straighten this out. Uh-oh. You'll either do it, or when he walks in the door, you'll decide to do it like Victoria. She, she held it to the last minute, but she knew when Dad walked in, uh-oh. And she wasn't fear. It was a healthy fear of God that we have to have in us. And this comes from the wife. She's the one that gives this. So let people say you're a fool. Let people say you can't change the world. 
But a mother has the power to change the whole world. It's all on her shoulders because it's been given to the Mary to do the same. What's you gonna do with the 36 cents? Stick you with coke on your floorboard. When a woman on the street is huddled in the cold on a sidewalk, then trying to keep warm. Do you call her over, hand her the change, ask her a story, ask her her name, or do you tell yourself? You're just a fool, just a fool to believe you can change the world. You're just a fool, just a fool to believe you can change the world. TV and an ad comes on, yeah, you know the kind. Flashing up pictures of a child in need for a dime a day, you could save a life. Do you call the number, reach out a hand, or do you change the channel, call it a scam? Or do you tell yourself you're just a fool, just a fool to believe you can change the world? out there you mothers have the power to change the world it was our lady who says you do not you are not able to comprehend how great your role is in god's design for the great plan for the salvation of mankind you get that power god's given it to you in collaboration with man yes but it's a woman who comes to give motherly motherly advice it may sound foolish. I would never have done what I've done if I didn't think I could change the world. I believe that. I don't care what people think. I believe I can change the world because our lady said so. And if you believe that, you will. If you don't, you won't. So we leave you with that, with the lady, the mother, the woman of revelations, to crush the serpent's head. You can do that. 
We love you. Wish you our lady. Good night. <laughs>